Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Dalton Del Don, and today I'm joined by Jerry Donabedian from RotoWire, who will help me break down everything you need to know following today's cut down. Uh, Jerry, what's up, man? Long time no talk. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Uh, I'm a Ravens fan, so it wasn't wasn't the best weekend for my team, but uh, other than that, I'm good. Before I forget, everyone should read Jerry's hidden stat line weekly column on RotoWire. It's definitely a must read. Um, yeah, you're right, though. There's not a, not a ton of news on, on for the cutdown situation. First, uh, Cam Newton was released. I know Matt Harmon went deep on this yesterday, but briefly, I just want to say I I shot Damian Harris really obnoxiously high to number 17 on my running back board. Uh, tell me I'm crazy and that Stevenson's going to be the man and Belichick's going to do some shenanigans with running back situation. I don't think so. Okay, part one, yes, I do think you're crazy for Damian Harris at number seventeen, but I don't, I don't think it's because of Stevenson. Although I would like that to be the case based on my teams, um, I just, I still think there's just, I don't see much upside. Um, I actually liked Harris better with Cam Newton. I thought they would run the ball more, and obviously Newton is taking a lot of those carries, but. I do, I do just think with I really like James White more now with Mac Jones. Not that he's going to go back to like the Brady year production, Brady years production. Uh, but I do think there is at least some upside for that team to throw the ball like 500, 550 times now. Uh, whereas before, I just with Newton, there was just no real upside for the passing game. Yeah, White's twenty nine years old. Harris is all-time leader yards per carry at Alabama. I just think he's going to get double-digit touchdowns with that offensive line, and they're going to run the ball like crazy. But totally, it's a fair assessment that I'm a, I'm being a be a little bit reckless with that high ranking because it could it could go south for sure. They don't throw the ball, and they don't throw it to him at all. They threw like the third most targets to running backs last year, and he got none of them. So it wasn't that's like what, a system that's issue. Part of what worries me is that not just that not that it was just him, but that it was with Michelle and in the past with Blunt. Like they just do not throw to their early down back, whereas like other teams. That, you know, even if the guy is coming off an obvious passing downs, he ends up with 30, 40 catches if he's a, you know, a lead runner. I think with the Patriots, it's like he could have 240 carries and 12 catches. And I worry with Stevenson being a huge 235 pound type back that even if he doesn't get many carries, he'll be like that Burkhead guy who's just like up yeah. in your butt all year long. I also rank uh, Jacoby Myers pretty highly, too. Um, is there like another that. quick? You do like him, okay? Quick other ones: the Texans released Kiki Cootie to the Colts, and Tyron Johnson ended up at the Jack Jacksonville. Do you have any thoughts on any of those at all? Uh, the Cootie one killed me. I, he was like him and Salvin Ahmed have been like my just smash it in the nineteenth, twentieth round of every best ball. Like I don't care if I've got them on sixty percent of teams. 
So that's like probably a zero now. But I guess when you're talking 20th round, like whatever, a lot of the other guys are cut. But I did kind of think afterward, like I should just take an Hunter Renfro. Like, you know, the, it's best ball where like there is some value to just like 50 catches for 600 yards. Uh, but other than that, like I, this Chargers number three receiver battle got with Tyron Johnson got a lot of talk this summer. But I just think it was like a slow summer for job battles, honestly. Like there just wasn't that much. Normally we've got like five running back jobs up for grabs. This summer, like it was only really Miami and only that was late. Uh, so I just think it got a lot of attention. But like the Chargers are going to throw the ball to Eckler and Allen over and over and over. I think it's going to be the same under the new coaching staff. So like, yeah, I don't really care about Josh Palmer, Jalen Goyton, uh, or if it had been Tyron Johnson. And then the other uh, cuts are like the Wayne Gallman types, which I'm going to, you know, brief. We're going to talk about one of our themes is the late round running back sleepers. Kind of jump around here, your your ADP uh, column. And then, of course, we'll finish with the the final of my segments. I've hosted these uh, five guest episodes and I did a must have and a must fade uh, segment at the end where I'm going to put Jerry is going to be the final person in the hot seat for that. Um, but briefly, quickly before that on the news is Irv Smith, his knee surgery looks like he is going to miss the whole season. Bummer, man. I had him all the way up to my tight end nine. I kept grabbing him in multiple leagues. I thought he was just going to eat in the red zone. Thoughts on Conklin or, or that? Or, or Actually, first I'll ask you about that, and then I want to further delve into the, the Vikings real quick. Um, yeah, no, I was I was actually just tweeting about the Vikings a bunch. Um, I think they, they're looking pretty fit. Their, their roster is just very thin right now. Obviously, they've got the superstars. Um, but I like Tyler Conklin more than most people. I think he's at least to start off. I don't think Chris Herndon like is a guy who's going to be ready to play in a week and a half. I don't think he's like really even a player. I think he just had one decent year and like he doesn't matter. Um, I think they'll probably end up cutting him at some point in the season. But I, yeah, I think Conklin almost defaults into a three down role. Uh, he's not going to see a ton of targets, but like four or five targets per game in an offense that has those other bodies. Like maybe he does being a tight end do some of the Rudolph stuff, just poaching short touchdowns. So in deeper leagues or leagues where like you really need a second tight end, I'm interested in him. But yeah, mostly it's just disappointing because I thought Irv Smith was going to have that breakout season being 23 years old, like starting at a young age and now Rudolph gone. Even as a third option in that passing game, I was really excited about him this year. Yeah, and you know it was discouraging when Herndon was receiving no buzz, even post Adam Gase. That's a rare player that didn't get an immediate bump. So I want to ask you about the Vikings because I um I just did my AFC preview, just went live on Yahoo today, and I'm gonna still t- uh, tinkering with my NFC one, and I, I want to have them winning that division with Green Bay regressing some with their you know they're so good at the red zone and back to back NFC championship games, and Vikings or their defense could be a top five unit with Hunter returning. But there are questions, though, with the depth as you, you brought up. But Cousins, you know, 8.3 YPA last year? I don't know. What, what do you think? I, I, I could see it going either way with this team. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I was kind of on board with the same idea in the offseason. I was like, you know, I think I'm ready. I don't think the Packers are going to be great again. I don't think they're going to be bad, certainly. Trying to look for another team in the NFC North to step up, like maybe the Bears with Fields, but now their defense looks questionable. I tried to talk myself into the Vikings, and I kind of did, but now with like the already weak depth thinning out, losing Irv Smith, the offensive line looks mediocre. Uh, the defense, it, you know, it has Hunter back. It has upside definitely with the pass rush, uh, but the rest of it, I don't know. On the back end, I think it's weak, and I think the Packers are just going to take that division by a few games again. 
Yeah, I think I might be able to sneak into a wild card, but I think I am leaning toward just, yeah, keeping it the same with with, with the Packers there. Um, and then briefly, uh, uh, Tariq Cohen on, on the pup list to start the season, um, not exactly unexpected. Um, do you have any thoughts on the, the Bears' backfield? Uh, yeah, I mean, David Montgomery, I think already his ADP has kind of been slowly rising from like, I think he was almost down to fourth round at one point. And now he's like safely a third round pick, maybe even like trending toward the 2-3 turn. Uh, and this, I would expect after this that he'll probably go up another spot or two now that we know for a fact Cohen is out the first six weeks. Damian Williams behind him, like I think he'll get a little bit of work, but he's, again, he's just he's not someone that I think is that important. Like I think if he had never happened to be in the vicinity of Mahomes and Andy Reid, we never would have like given him a second thought. Um, and credit to him for like, taking advantage of that opportunity, showing that he is a good pass catcher out of the backfield. But so is Montgomery, and he's also a better runner. I don't think it's a given that Williams will get all the third downs. That could be split between them. Let's just segue right into the first theme then here after the uh, the news is just the the, the sleeper, uh, more deep sleeper late round running backs, the guys that could, uh, you know, quote unquote, league winners, uh, the later flyers, not really talking A.J. Dillon or Ronald Jones, whom I love. Um, but uh, give me some names uh, of the running back positions, some deep sleepers that uh, that you like, Jerry. Yeah, I already mentioned Saul Ben Ahmed. Um, he's hmm. to me, he's basically like the same player as Miles Gaskin to an almost creepy extent. Like you know, they played in college together at Washington. One was a like one of the final picks of the seventh round, Gaskin, and then the next year Ahmed was like one of the top UDFA's. Um, same size, a little undersized, a little slow, but agile, good in the passing game. Um, and just with the revelation kind of this summer that that backfield is more open than we thought. And he's one of three guys on the roster along with Brown and Gaskin. You can usually get him around pick 200 still, even after he had a bunch of camp hype from Dolphins speed riders, even after he had two good preseason games. So he's, he's like a really like real late round guy who I think does have upside to potentially kind of do what Gaskin did last year. Like probably not RB one upside, um, but I, I could see him being like a solid RB2 if he does get that chance. Yeah, talk about a possible struggling offensive line. But yeah, if Tua looks way improved, obviously the weapons on wide receiver, and there's no one above him on the depth chart. Like Gaskin's pretty small, man. I don't know if he can withstand a full workload. I know he worked on his flexibility or whatever in the offseason, but obviously uh, drafters are souring on him. And it's, he's another example of these RB dead zone guys. I keep waiting for Atlanta to, to add someone because, you know, everyone else has been taking hits, either injuries or suddenly Gaskin's running behind Malcolm Brown, who's, who's obviously no good either. So, yeah, I mean, Ahmed is, a, is definitely a deep one for sure. Do you got any others? Who's, who's your next one? Yeah, so another guy um, who I mentioned earlier was James White. Now, he's he's more of a floor play, so that kind of depends on, like, you know, if you're a team where you've ignored running backs and you do kind of care about depth in the later rounds because you might start one of those guys, you go with him. But, you know, we know James White isn't ever going to really get many carries. Um, but I do think with Mac Jones, there's a chance for it to be more of a spread offense, more snaps for him, fewer for Harris and Stevenson. Um, if you want, like, this year's Mike Davis, just look to the Panthers again. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, the Panthers only kept three. They kept three running backs on their initial 53-man. One of those was Trent Cannon, who basically only plays special teams. They didn't submit a waiver claim. Of course, the catch here is that the third guy they kept is Christian McCaffrey, which means Hubbard is probably getting, like, one carry week one. So he's like a complete zero, but who could then be playing like 75% of snaps if McCaffrey misses a game, you know? So I do think McCaffrey is vaccinated in case anyone's wondering. I think the Panthers team pretty much fully is. I just saw something on Twitter about that. Uh, but, you know, with 25 touches a week, he's probably going to miss a game somewhere, you would think. 
I, I like Hubbard. Yeah, we all saw him get caught up on that breakaway run in the preseason, but I've read some decent things, and and he, uh, yeah, as you said, it's pretty clear. Uh, no, not too much competition in Carolina there. As far as the receiving backs with, with James White, um, Roto Viz has had an interesting column last week talking about how the most underrated fantasy backs are the receiving types, and I, I'm guilty of it myself. You know, I'm not. I never really come away with the McKissicks or the Whites or the Hines, Kenneth Gainwell. You could throw in there now. And uh, you're probably right, especially with Mac Jones back there. And people forget, you know, Cam Newton, the mobile quarterbacks just don't typically throw as much, although they still did. And that system is still called for it. So White will be one of those boring veterans, especially in PPR leagues. It'll probably get it done. Um, who are some other uh, late round fantasy RB sleepers? Oh, uh, yeah. Some other guys I'm looking at um, and who also got good news in these last few days. Justin Jackson from the Chargers. Um, he That guy cannot stay healthy, but they seem to like him better than their other backs. Um, and Eckler, we know, is a smaller back. Also a guy who's probably going to max out around 15 carries. So Jackson could see work week one, and then he could be one injury away from like a 15-touch type role. Granted, we don't know how long he can hold up in it, but, you know, when you're talking like 18th round, everyone has flaws, right? So then other guys, Tyson Williams from my Ravens, that's like a real deep sleeper. Uh, Cadre Allison from the Falcons, just based on him, Mike Davis, and Corderell Patterson being the only other running backs again like I don't think there's going to be much of a running game in Atlanta this year but it's it's interesting to note that they basically only kept one other real running back um and it's Mike Davis who's like that you know I mean they seem to think he's great but to the rest of us he's kind of a question mark still yeah I was hoping Foreman would show his old signs there but I think he might have just resigned to the practice squad but um Allison definitely a name to to pay attention to Justin Jackson yeah you know we all we love Eckler obviously he's going to get so many targets there Herbert targeted the running back so much um and Eckler's now a home of, uh, of Yahoo family. But man, I, I just, yeah, I'm not buying him in, in the goal line either. So I've just been waiting for someone to emerge there. And yeah, I mean, possible it is uh, Jackson, but that's been a cloudy situation. So yeah, I definitely want you to further uh, delve into the Baltimore situation. So it's for sure Tyson Williams and, and, and no Justin Hill. Justice Hill, sorry. I would go Williams over Hill right now. Um, I think also like Hill is probably going to cost you like uh, I. It's only been a couple of days, so the data is not super reliable. But he's going to cost you like a late round pick, whereas Tyson Williams can be like you know you can draft him when you're drafting your kicker still. And yeah, I just think Hill is a smaller back. Williams is a bigger guy. You look at the Baltimore offense. Um, that might mean that Hill gets more work than Williams week one, right? Because he's like the more, and he returned to practice this week. I think he's going to be back from the angle three because he's like the more natural complement to Edwards. He offers what Edwards doesn't. But the Ravens' offense is still what it is. And like Justice Hill is not a great fit for it, right? He's more of an undersized speed back, more fitted for a depth role with this team. So I think Williams is the guy who, if Edwards gets hurt, he could be seeing 15 carries. How high did you move Edwards to running on your running back? I've got Edwards, like, I don't know, I have an exact number right now, but I basically got him, like, ahead of Gaskin, um, right around Darrell Henderson. So, like, around, like, 50s, or 50s overall, RB, right. I, I want to say, like, RB 25, that would be. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably lower than, slightly lower than ADP, so you're not, love as a Ravens fan, just there'll be no no receiving work whatsoever, and Lamar will get his. And when the, Actually, the one, the last year when Dobbins was out, didn't basically Justice Hill play 45% of the snaps or something like that? I mean, Edwards is still just going to be in the committee no matter who it is. Right, I think, Ed, yeah, I don't think that they're ever going to put Edwards, I, I don't know if they ever put, I mean, we haven't really seen them use anyone for more than like 55, 60% of snaps under Lamar Jackson. Right. Um, like even Ingram, when it was just Edwards behind him and Edwards was unproven, Ingram was rotating. Uh, so yeah, I think he'll get, I, 
you know, I think he could end up basically doing what Dobbins is going to do. I think you just minus like some of the explosiveness, right? Like Edwards, you know, he's going to be around five yards per carry. Dobbins had the upside for more than that playing next to Lamar Jackson. The upside's gone now. I'd still be fine starting him as an RB2 week one in most formats. All right, I'm going to throw you some of my uh, more intriguing late round fantasy sleepers, uh, running backs, and, and curious your opinions on them. Uh, Ty Johnson, I would imagine his ADP is going to start rising, but I mean, he could. I mean, I, Tevin Coleman, I have no faith in, and Johnson just passed the eye test for me. I mean, their O line in New York could be okay, and I mean, Michael Carter, fourth round capital. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, that's a that's a good one too. Um, or even Piran, but yeah, like. Piran really is a kind of slower guy. Johnson's the the best athlete in that backfield. And yeah, like you said, like I, Coleman has looked washed up for years now. I don't know why teams are, I don't know what they see there, but. Totally. Yeah, maybe I was watching him in San Francisco the last couple of years, but man, he's suffered so many injuries and just looked like mm-hmm. totally toast. Um, speaking of P. Ryan, uh, what about those, if, if someone wanted to, you know, say fade Joe Mixon, what would you do? I mean, there's the Samaj P. Ryan, the other P. Ryan there, and there's Captain America, um, Chris Evans, that rookies looked pretty interesting too, as far as at least as a receiver. I don't know. What if someone were want to, uh, to, to fade Mixon, what would you do? That's i uh, I'm not, I haven't been drafting either of those guys, but I did see it. They kept only three running backs. They let Travion Williams go. Um, so I do always kind of take note of the teams that only have three guys, right? It's just maybe some kind of confidence in the backups, although they could still sign another body before week one. It's always up in the air. I would go with Evans. I just think with Piran, like he's a he's a big back. He's decent at what he does. He plays special teams. Um, but those guys like just don't really have upside. They might hang around like a Rob Kelly type. They might hang around because they're useful to have on a team, but they're just never going to be more than like a 15-touch guy. So yeah, I guess I just kind of go with the the theoretical upside when we're talking late rounds. Yeah, Peyton Barber type. Uh, you don't want many there of those. There you go. Um, yeah, I think he was actually just released too. Could free up even more goal line work for Antonio Gibson. What about in Seattle? Rashad Penny, I, first reports where he was healthier than he's been. And now it's like, oh, maybe Alex Collins may win that backup role. Yeah, and they kept, I think they also kept Dallas and Homer on the roster. I think right. they, they're going in with, they'll probably release one of them before week one. Um, I couldn't get a read on that. I was, I was, I didn't watch the Seattle their pre, the preseason game. Um, I was seeing some talk that Collins had maybe moved ahead of Penny, but it mostly just looked like Collins was just getting more work, which is sort of depending on whether you like the guy or not in preseason. That's either a good thing or a bad thing. Great if it's Javante Williams, that means you're the <laughs> starter for sure, right? I mean, or at least right. It's either yeah. oh my god, he's the starter. Ooh, he's he's playing in preseason. He's in the doghouse. Like, yeah, yeah don't draft that guy. Um, depending on which of my lists I already had him on. So no, I don't, I didn't, so I didn't really make anything of it. I think it's just like, it's, if anything, I just feel better about Chris Carson. Cause I think I look behind him and I'm just like, ugh, like really? Um, but maybe, you know, they do maybe want to just pass more with, you know, Russell Wilson, basically if they don't let him, he's going to like pull an Aaron Rodgers next off season, possibly. So. No, I, I agree. There's no one there. Chris Carson, I don't think he's played a full 16 games uh, ever in his career, but I put him right there. There's seemingly 14 backs, it seems like, in the in one tier, and then it's just a jumble, and I have him right there at number 15 um, right, there just because, right. yeah, I mean, I th- maybe they might even run more hurry up as they're threatening to as well. He probably will get hurt, though. But Carson, there, his targets quietly were really increased last year, too. So, you, you, I don't know, if, if he stayed healthy, um, 
definitely has some upside. Uh, what about Darrington Evans? I was really talking myself into him being one of my favorite late round flyers. You know, uh, Derrick Henry, 800 carries the last two years. I mean, it could just be a different dude. If you've seen his high school highlights, a clip was going around. I linked to it in the AFC column. I mean, the guy just might just be different. And he, he doesn't even have 1,500 career carries. So maybe he's fine. But if someone were to try to fade him, Evans looked like a, a really intriguing. And then he left uh, with this non-contact knee injury. And I haven't been able to find any information in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, the Titans have. They've been tricky with injury information this summer. Okay, interesting. I, all right, so that's not just that, because I keep, I, yeah, I keep searching for Evans, man, and it's it's crickets. It's like the um, as I do a lot of covering like Twitter and breaking news for Rotowire, yeah. and like the right. the variance from team to team in terms of, like the amount of information is like huge. Like there are some teams where it's just all summer crickets, and then other teams where like all the stuff you don't care about is constantly being tweeted out, and you have to like sift through it to find. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah. I, yeah, I we don't know Julio, it. right? We don't know Julio at all. Yeah, Julio's health is a mystery, he's right? Been, he's been on the field for practice this week, but they haven't really been. They've been in, like, shorts. So he still hasn't done, like, a real practice. But him and Brown have at least been on the field. I think. I mean, I think they're both playing 90% of snaps or whatever week one. I think they're going to be maybe dealing with nagging stuff all year. But, like, I mean, with Julio, at least, you, that's already baked into his ADP, right? Yeah, totally. But Evans? Uh, yeah, yeah. Getting back to Evans, I Sorry. mean, I did, we've had no, no, we're good. There's a lot to talk about with the Titans, um, but yeah, with him, I mean, I, that offense, uh, it's going to be so different without Derrick Henry. So like, he's not going to slide into like a huge volume role as a ball carrier, um, but he could end up seeing like five targets per game in an offense with Tannehill, Brown, Julio Jones. That's going to probably put up points, even if it doesn't have Henry this year, which in the past we would have had just concerns that without Henry, they wouldn't be able to move the ball this year. I think if they've got their other guys healthy. They could maybe overcome a Henry absence. Um, and someone like Evans could put up like borderline RB1 two numbers if he does step into that starting job for a time. Yeah, hopefully he's healthy and doesn't have torn MCL and ACL. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that division is another one for me. It was tough for me to pick. With them losing, the Titans losing Arthur Smith, I wanted to go elsewhere. Uh, early summer, I got Jacksonville at like plus 700. But man, every single move uh, Urban Myers made since has been just cringe. So I settled on the Colts, but I wasn't, wasn't super happy with that, with Wentz. Um, there. Um, some other sneaky sleeper uh, backs. I wanted to say Anthony McFarlane here, and then news broke like right before we started recording. He might be headed to the IR. Um, Tony Jones, any interest in him in New Orleans? I mean, he. you look at his workout metrics, and they're pretty uh, sloth-like, But uh, and Murray did make the team, but um, something were to happen with, uh, obviously, Camara, there would be some upside with that, with that offensive line that, you know, some suggest is the best in football. I haven't drafted Tony Jones anywhere, but it's definitely a ding on Murray just because in past years, like the appeal with him was that the Saints basically seemed like Sean Payton didn't have a third back who he trusted after Kamara and Murray to play. So like when Kamara was hurt, Murray just got all the snaps he could handle. It seems like they like this Tony Jones guy. He had a big preseason. And so I don't know how that's going to shake out. Like maybe they could still, I'm not, and like Murray's contract could also still be a factor. So I'm interested to see if there's like another move coming there. If they do end up also keeping Dwayne Washington, their fourth back and special teams guy. Like if they cut him, that would be a pretty clear hint that they're keeping Murray and Jones. Um, so right now I'm still a little bit watching cautiously, but Jones is definitely at least like deep dynasty leagues on the radar. Don't love the Saints aren't going to be playing at home for possibly the first eight weeks, you know, obviously on their their turf. But man, Camara, do you think, I mean, with Winston winning the job, Michael Thomas going down, 
I mean, you could talk yourself into him being the number two player now in PPR with Cook's injury history. Where, I mean, for some reason, I was like punishing the 21 touchdowns in my head in drafts. I'm like, you know, he can't buy last year's stats. But man, Kamara could just be uh, really a monster yet again. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he might lose a bunch of touchdowns, but add a bunch of targets. It's just like, right. you wouldn't think he could add that many more targets, but like Winston winning the job over Hill, Michael Thomas is out. Uh, they have doubts about Murray now. Maybe instead of Jones getting more time, maybe Tamara gets a few more snaps. So yeah, I don't. You, I do worry a little bit about the efficiency, but like not really because he still has a top three offensive line that's returning all its starters. He's still got Sean Payton. Jameis Winston, we at least know, moves the ball. He might turn it over, uh, but he's fine for like the fantasy players on his team, right? So I think, and I think Marcus Callaway will give the passing game at least some kind of component besides i want your opinion of him man i mean we put out a poll right away on twitter someone said jamar chase or him and everyone laughed at the donkeys who picked callaway but then you look at these nffc primetime leagues and he's like an eighth round pick and um i mean he looks is he is he a uh, you know a training camp all-star or is he the number one receiver on with Jameis winston and literally no one else there and you know capable i, I don't know i'm i don't know i'm kind of buying the latter but you can make fun of me i don't think he's nothing. Um, I think the ADP, though, I was surprised. I've been, because I read an article for Rotowire tracking it all summer. In the past week or two, I've been surprised at how high he went up. It seemed like, because yeah, like you said, like eighth or ninth round seemed high. Um, there's, I think there's always going to be a few receivers there who I like better. That said, I don't feel, when I see him go there, I'm not like, oh man, you just wasted a pick. You know, like him being like a WR2, WR3 for the first half of the season sure and then if he does that he probably stays at least semi-relevant when if slash when thomas returns um but yeah no i'm not going to be the guy drafting marcus calloway <laughs> okay. in the eighth round <laughs> the eighth okay the eighth's a little aggressive yeah no no the eight is but i mean yeah I, but that's really i've seen it. him i've seen him go there like it's I not know. and i think his adp is in the ninth now maybe early tenth. so yeah, yeah. it's there yeah no good segue to your adp analysis column i'll let you run away with that in a second but just brief other uh running back names jamar jefferson on detroit if swift still battles injuries uh jamichael hasty with wayne gallman being released i mean i i hope Mostert stays healthy um and, and sermon but i mean hasty looks like the number three guy there with wilson opening the year on pup so uh in deeper leagues interesting and then ramondo stevenson on new england as much as i love damian harris hard to ignore how he looked in preseason and just looked like he'd be a beast if he took over so jerry uh take it away uh go over some adp uh, risers and fallers yeah last week was um so i haven't done it for this week yet because it's still only uh still only recording this wednesday but from last week we had a couple big things obviously with travis the 10 going down that was the biggest thing james robinson carlos Hyde, their adps both shot up um in robinson's case from like sixth, seventh round range to third round range. I actually thought he settled in in like the early 30s overall. And I actually thought that was a little low. Um, just out of curiosity, I went back and looked where he was going before the Etienne pick. Because, you know, you look, we were kind of assuming back in March and April that Robinson, like he'd had a great year. He was going to be the lead back, possibly even a three down roll again. I um, mean, he was going like late round two. So he's still like, He'd only, he still fell like a full round basically below his pre Etienne draft spot. And I think that's because, like, what you said about Urban Meyer mostly, people are just looking at this Jaguars team. Um, and it's like the only thing people right now can talk themselves into is maybe the passing game because they'll be trailing a lot. Although, I'll warn against that if a team is really bad, the bigger effect is just they don't have the ball that much, more so than that they're, 
you know, and just that they aren't scoring as many touchdowns. Um, I do wonder if some of the stuff on Urban Meyer is overblown, right? Like, you can't be that bad. They do have a better, they do have a lot more talent than last year, even if it's very young talent. Um, so I, I'm buying James Robinson at the new price. I was already, I liked him before. Um, he wasn't like a guy I was drafting all over the place, but I liked him before in case something happened to a 10 or in case I was wrong about how good a 10 is. I didn't think this would happen. This was just like a, you know, I guess if you drafted Robinson, a totally lucky thing. Uh, but I do like him at the new price. And Lawrence could, you know, be generational talent. And uh, that ETN injury probably saved me from myself. I was drafting him too high early on. And so you're not super worried about Carlos Hyde, the Ohio State connection, and that last preseason game, he whatever, saw 45% of the snaps? I'm not too worried about him as a threat to Robinson, but I do like him a lot as a late-round running back pick. Like, his, even after this happened, like, his ADP was still around, like, 190. So basically a free pick in most leagues. Right. And he's another guy who, like, you know, he may be limited upside, right? He's not real fast. He's not a particularly good pass catcher. But, like, they've got the only other guy on the roster is a Goonbowale, who is, like, a third down back special teams guy only. Like, he doesn't really take carries. So it's another one where you're just, like, based on what they've shown us, it seems like they're ready for Hyde to be getting the full workload if Robinson goes down. So just based on that possibility, where he's going, I think he should be going, like, 20, 30 picks higher. Um, like kind of in the same range where like Chubba Hubbard is going, maybe. Um, although Hubbard, I do, I do like Hubbard more. Totally, he he. Yeah, I would guess his ADP will rise in the final weeks here. Um, what about um, who else? Uh, Sony Michelle. Man, you delve deeper into the numbers, and he was first among backs in yards per touch last year. Really good in rush yards over expectation. Um, and now he's one Daryl Henderson injury away from uh, feature back in a Rams system. I mean, what did Todd Gurley score 54 touchdowns over that three-year period and half that time was on one leg? I mean, now Stafford's there. I mean, I don't know. Sony Michelle, I can't think of a guy being like I was went from being couldn't be less interested in to I think I have him ranked pretty, I don't know, man. I have him like ranked top 35. I think he's as much upside as any of those backs, backup running backs there is in the league see i think i think that we have similar takes on most things but very different takes on the the fallout from the new england rams trade specifically okay. all right okay. i'm, I'm just it. not a i'm not a michelle fan um i, do I used to not be but they wasn't he good in college sorry to interrupt you wasn't he, he was, an okay he was re- okay good. receiver i know he has arthritic knee and i mean that all bets are off maybe that that's a fine argument but wasn't he an okay receiver and new england just didn't use him as such like isn't he capable of receiver as, as well Oh, yeah. If you go back and read like the stuff from the year, it's funny to read the stuff like from when he's coming out. It's about how like he could be like the James White replacement, but also on early downs. And like and then they ended up using him like, uh, you know, 45 pound lighter Blunt, basically questionable. But I do also think the knees just ended up being not what they expected. Like they expected to be getting a really agile guy and they didn't get that. And so then they're like, put on some pounds and we guess we'll try to make something of that. And he kind of did, right? Like, he's not like a bad player. So credit to him for that. Like, I'm sure most guys, if they had his knee issues, wouldn't be able to do anything. But he does still have those knee issues. Um, And Henderson, despite being injured a lot, should be okay for week one. Um, I did notice that Xavier Jones got, um, I don't know exactly what the transaction was, but he was like, he might be going to IR, but that still would like put him, because it happened like before cuts that puts him out or he's going to be injury settlement. So whatever hype he has gone, they kept Jake Funk, the rookie instead. Um, that, that did give me a little bit more on Michelle, but I did think that he just got way too much of a boost after that initial trade. Like 
maybe I like Henderson more than other people. I don't know, but I just, he settled in like ninth, 10th round range. And I was just like, even if Henderson hurts or stinks, like, I just don't think Michelle's going to be in a workhorse role. I think he'll get like 12 carries and two targets per game. And then whoever, Jake Funk, Xavier Jones, random guy on waivers, someone else will be Todd Gurley, bring him back. Yeah. Don't, don't oh no don't come actually, on don't no. do that don't no, do that. no no baltimore either yeah now i read something that was like wherever his where he excelled at was like perfect for the Rams system is probably noise but clearly yeah we're, we'll agree to disagree on that one i'm in on sony but yeah that, that probably will end it a disaster um who, who else in the adp risers or fallers uh justin fields i noticed he barely moved after i guess it's not a big move but he barely moved after dalton was named the starter um which i just found interesting because it was like it did kind of confirm that people had basically baked that into the price, right? And which also made me think people are getting smarter about drafting quarterbacks, realizing that like these first round rookies who have wheels, like they'll probably end up starting. And like, even if they're not good, they'll put up fantasy points. Um, And in case if they are good, they'll be like a top five quarterback probably, or at least top 10. Um, So yeah, it's like people were basically already expecting that. I did notice that Trey Lance was went up a little bit last week. Um, I know he had a good preseason game, but also it became more clear that he's not the starter. Now he's dealing with a minor injury. I wonder if people maybe were going off fields and towards Lance a little bit. No, I'm curious, your your new column, this week's column, what, where Lance has moved this last week. I mean, the chip fact, you know, the, uh, the chip in the throwing hand, finger. And he, I mean, he's just so interesting because there, he may not play. He may play like Taysom Hill, or he could have, be a top five fantasy quarterback per game. I mean, look at the rushing stats he put up in college and in that system. So he's one of the more uh, the more interesting ranks right right now in, in the whole league. Yeah, I'll make sure to touch on him in the comments. Yeah, I thought last week was like a wild one with like the Michelle trade and the and the Travis Etienne injury, like affecting like four different backfields at the same time with those two things. Uh, but this week with like the Dobbins thing, that alone is like even bigger or as big as Etienne. And then with roster cuts, like that just causes all kinds of shakeups in like the middle and late parts of the rank. So it'll be interesting, but I'll definitely put Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Like that's always a fun one to monitor. And Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor is another one that I've just found very interesting all summer. Um, I don't feel like anything has changed with either of them. And yet there seems to have been like a lot of like opinions are just kind of all going. Everyone's hot on them and cold on them. So. Yeah, Barkley's 100% health, and then, oh, I guess you could say the same for the Colts, but it's just his teammates, and that, yeah, I was going to say, without little change with them, the player, I bet that those ADPs, and it's fluctuating in important positions, moving from early first to what late second, so yeah, that's been right, really wild, right. just depending on when you drafted with those, with those guys, for sure. Um, all right, let's talk a couple other themes that you suggested, uh, so, so let's talk some team defense and kickers, uh, team defense with some early season schedules you like targeting i mean i'm assuming you're going to go with my niners in in, in detroit uh they look they look obviously they'll cost you maybe a higher adp so maybe you're maybe you're after someone deeper so who are you thinking here jerry no i mean the niners you know niners starting their season at detroit and at philly is a good one um they do after that they then get rogers wilson and murray so it's a two-week play um although you might keep them around in some leagues because they could just be a good defense period They'll um, probably have half the team on IR by then, so you'll be, you'll be dropping. Yeah, it. right, and it's not quite the stack defense that we had on paper the past years. Obviously, last year, everyone got injured, and they still were okay, so like that was kind of cool. I don't know. If D Ford really is healthy with Bosa, I mean, that That's really true. could be the pass sick. Alone. I mean, I, I'm not holding my breath, but if D Ford is truly healthy with Bosa, that could be mm-hmm. sick. I mean, I mean but yeah. anyway, I'm a little biased, but who, who else? 
Um, I've also got Buffalo. They started their season yeah, first Pittsburgh with, uh, yeah. you know, that whatever is going on with that offensive line. Um, Roethlisberger is not someone we've normally targeted. He's not super turnover prone, even when he struggles. But this year, uh, home game, I'll go with it. Buffalo is like a six-point favorite, too. And then they play at Miami versus Washington versus Houston. So pretty soft early schedule. Denver is one I really like and also a defense that I think I don't necessarily trust the team overall, but on paper, the defense is super talented. They start at the Giants, at Jacksonville versus the Jets. And then if you want to talk about a defense that is going to be like available with probably the very last pick of most drafts, Carolina starts their season with a home game against the Jets, a home game against the Saints, which sounds bad, but this is not the Drew Brees, Michael Thomas Saints. This is the Jameis Winston, Marcus Calloway Saints, who I think will put up points to be fair, but also like. Jameis put up, what, 28 per game with the Bucks a couple years ago, and he was still one of the best guys to stream against. Maybe Sean Payton fixed turnover problems. Like, probably not. So then after that, Carolina plays at Houston Week 3. So you look at that, Jets, Jameis Winston, Houston. I'd probably never touch the Panthers' defense again the rest of the season, but for Weeks 1 for through 3, like, home game against uh, Zach Wilson especially, sure, I'll test that out. You know, this works out well. We're talking late, deep uh, RB sleepers and now defense and kickers. We're just working on the last final rounds of your draft, you know, when you uh, the real the, the winning rounds of your fantasy football leagues. Carolina was a good good one available probably uh, the last round of, of most leagues. Uh, Buffalo, Big Ben was sacked like so little last year, but they have a totally new system there with offensive coordinator. They may actually force him to play play action and turn his back to the defense this year. Denver. Mike Clay just put out his updated unit. It's been the same all summer, though. He, you know, he does, I don't know if he uses PFF grades or whatever, but he has the Broncos as literally the number one defense in NFL this year. And like, no one even treats him like that at all. Um, That's why I thought they were so interesting when they could possibly have traded for Rodgers or or Watson a few months ago when I got them as a long shot. But um, Bridgewater, I still had them winning the wild card. I mean, I think, look at those weapons. Bridgewater's solid, that defense. So I'm with you. I don't know why they're just over. They're not drafted as a top five fantasy defense, are they? No, no, not at all. Um, I think they, like earlier, even earlier, like a couple of months ago, you could usually get them like as an un- borderline undrafted, like final round. Um, I think they are catching some momentum now. I haven't, it's been a few weeks since I drafted a, in a league that uses defenses. Cause like, I love kickers and defenses, but like, I know how everyone else feels about them. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I think they have a projected easy schedule too, as far as Vegas uh, projected wins uh, by opponents. Um, so, all right, let's go to kickers then. Um, which ones are you going to, are you, are you targeting? Yeah, for kickers, um, especially, like, I really am a last-round kicker guy, especially now that, like, the Ravens go for all these fourth downs and, like, the the best offenses have gotten so darn good in the red zone that, like, they just don't create field goal opportunities. Like, usually what I do is just go with someone like Matt Gay from the Rams, Chase McLaughlin from the Browns, like, some unknown kicker who's available in the last round from a team that I think is going to do well this year, like a team that I think is going to win 12-plus games, has a shot to score 28, 30 points. I think it's just not. I just have no idea with the kickers. Um, if you're looking at streaming, Carol again, I mentioned Carolina having that soft early schedule. Ryan Santoso, no clue who he is, but he won their kicker job. San Francisco, again, good early schedule. Robbie Gould, he's probably drafted in some places because he's had some big fantasy years. Uh, but he's definitely not like in anyone's kicker top five. 
Uh, and, it's, you know, San Francisco could be a good team this year. Soft schedule first couple weeks. So I like him as a late pick, too. I believe it was Denny Carter of formerly Roto World, NBC Sports Edge, wrote a good kicker column like a month ago that actually uh, had me change my rankings. And as you said, like Justin Tucker, not necessarily should be first off the board. Just they go for it and fourth down more. Just the way they use him. It's nothing to do with the kicker himself. Right, but like right. basically uh, Dallas, I mean, team kicker is their line there. I like them. He doesn't typically go as high, but and Bass and Buffalo. And Quo gets a little bit overdrafted too. I know he's like swole now or whatever his workout videos, but Gay on, on the Rams. Love, love that one is a is a later option. I got Zerline for a dollar because he had he was on the PUP list, so I think he was yeah. people were he were shying away from him just seeing that. It's like no one wants to deal with a kicker injury. I think his ADP is like rebounded now to where he's like sixth or seventh kicker, but that's still he should be higher than that, right? Dallas number one in pace two years in a row. Dak Prescott coming back, like maybe it'll be more PATs than field goals in terms of the ratio. But I think there's a good floor there just because Dallas is fast paced and going to be in shootouts. Yeah. I got a uh, Bucker, Zerline, Bass, and then your guy, uh, your guy, Tucker. Yeah. That's basically where I'm at. All right. The final, uh, the final segment, Jerry Donabedian's must haves and must fades. Um, let's start with quarterback. Uh, who is the signal caller that Jerry must come away with at draft tables? I love Josh Allen. You've probably heard of him. Um, and need need a pretty early pick to get him. Uh, but he does usually go like a round or two after Mahomes. And I basically have them dead even. Like, I think Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes both have chances at like the all-time fantasy season this year. Of course, per game, we're not going to like count it if, it if they need a 17th game to get there. Uh, but yeah, no, I love him. I think Emmanuel Sanders over John Brown's going to be an upgrade for the Bills. They've got another year of continuity with the coach, the offensive line coordinator Diggs, Knox, Beasley. It's all in place. The defense is good enough. You know, I just think as a Ravens fan, I hate when I look at that team, but hopefully I'll at least get a piece of it with Josh Allen. Yeah, man, I couldn't have been more wrong about him last year. I faded him, ranked him low. And it's especially annoying because he's from this real small uh, uh, local farm town. It's like 5,000 people or something and it's my brother farms there and it's it's just ridiculous it's like two two street lights or something and no one would thought any NFL player let alone a superstar quarterback yeah. and uh, yeah, I just in that AFC column I talked about I put him picked him as my MVP this year I rank him over Mahomes and he goes around and a half later I mean the eight rushing touchdowns are just money in the bank and Dable just the highest pass rate on or whatever up there so I, I'm, I'm with you man and I, I'm totally fine in one quarterback leagues drafting Josh Allen in round four yeah, yeah, no. And in formats where you get like six point passing touchdowns, I'll move him up to round three. Um, and yeah, like a lot of like super flex things. He's my number two, oh, yeah. number three, four, whatever up there, top five. Overall. You can take him first. Yeah, you can take him first. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I mean, I might like because it's like I'm not going to get the chance to draft Mahomes if I passed on him. No. Um, so that's I probably just take Mahomes because I'm a wimp, but like yeah, know. no, but I mean yeah, no, Mahomes is the safest right for sure. You know, obviously, you know, Allen, you know, made a big jump last year. Maybe some film will be on whatnot, but the the upside is simply higher because he runs more than Mahomes. Right. You know, I mean, right. it's just it really is. But um, uh, all right, what's so? Who's the running back you like, Jerry? Um, I another guy you've probably heard of, Saquon Barkley. I promise I won't Ooh. just be naming all superstars uh, here. But yeah, no, I mean, he is available. Um, I've been doing a lot of best balls on DraftKings, and he is falling to the second round more often than not. Um, I'll, I'll take him late in the first round at the one-two turn. I haven't really had that much doubt about his status for week one. Like they said a month ago that he was going to ramp up during in the week leading up to the Patriots preseason game. He did. He got into practice. He did 11 on 11, caught a bunch of passes. 
you know, I don't think he didn't come back till then because he wasn't ready. I think they brought him back when he, at the time that he needed to be back ready for week one. Like, I think it's all been planned out. Um, they wanted to give him more time to rest because that's optimal. But like, I, at least the sense I get, maybe I'm wrong. But I just, I think he's going to be out there week one playing, maybe not his 90% of snaps, but like, you know, 18 touches on 60% of snaps at least. And very quickly be back to his three down roll. The offensive line scares me a little. Um, but I think with him, I worry about it less because if the offensive line stinks, maybe I'll catch 95 passes or whatever. Barkley's a good one because, yeah, he's a, he's a star, but I mean, he's so, he has so differing opinions. I mean, I, I, I haven't really had an opinion, but I guess I have at draft tables because I've been taking Nick Chubb or Najee Harris uh, over him. And I might really regret it just because I'm a wuss and who cares the first couple of weeks, man? You win it the second half fantasy football. So if he's just a monster down the stretch, um, yeah, I like it though. So how early would you take him then? How, how, how high? How high? Um, late first round. It sort of depends. Like now I'll flirt with taking him. I'll flirt with not drafting him there because before I would just draft him there, right? He was the highest guy on my board. Now if I'm like picking 10th and he's not taken, um, and let's say there's someone else who is I who I like know won't make it back. I might wait and see. But yeah, no, I have him. I think as my why say I have him as like my RB seven, which is yeah, eight, sure. eighth or ninth overall. So like solidly ahead of the field. I'm drafting him a lot. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope he's 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 healthy uh, sooner rather than later. And yeah, obviously he's so fun to watch. Who's your receiver? Your your must have uh, DJ Chark. Another guy coming off an injury injury plagued year. Um, I think his ADP fell a little bit because of this preseason finger injury, which I don't think really matters. He just like took a full month to heal. He should be fine week one. Um, and like we said, the general pessimism about Jacksonville, which I don't disagree with. Uh, but, you know, the ball has to go somewhere. They've got no real tight ends. They lost their pass catching back for the year already. I think there's room for Chark, Chanel, and Jones to all be at like 80 plus targets. Um, and I think Chark is the best player of those three, at, at least at this point in their respective careers. I'm not as high as on Chanel, though, as, as, as a prospect as a lot of people. Like, I've drafted him nowhere in his top 180p. So that's probably part of why I'm so much higher on Chark. Like, I think he's going to get a good number more targets. I think most people are expecting Chanel to get more targets chart to get more deep stuff i just think he'll do both better yeah it's a rotowire thing mario puig likes him a lot um and it's his eight i mean his adp is certainly becoming more affordable i think why i was originally against him is maybe i was in too many leagues with Liss, who was taking him super high but since the injury he's, he's fallen and you know obviously marvin jones has gotten some hype and uh you know when the urban meyer quote came out you know he's a big guy who played little last year but you said it too etn's there is gone and there's no tight end so and and he has some really impressive workout metrics one year away and one season removed from a thousand yards so yeah i get it and again his adp is going in the right direction uh certainly more affordable what about uh your tight end that you must have i really like mark andrews i'm a as a ravens fan and i think and this has just been building i already liked him but wasn't drafting him a ton because of how often i'll take a top three tight end um but increasingly i've kind of been a little more hesitant on them partially because i want to draft andrews later uh with the ravens you know losing bateman for the first part of the season the receiver depth already thinned out Watkins he'll probably be hurt soon enough uh now Dobbins again like he's not really competing with Andrews for looks but it's just like another body that they were expecting to be taking touches that isn't I just think more of it I'm just seeing I think Brown and Andrews are both going to be up around triple digit targets again which maybe earlier this offseason I wasn't expecting 
But I do think, in general, the Ravens also might just have to pass a little more than they were hoping. I like that pick. If I don't come away with, I'm aggressively targeting Waller, Pitts, and Hawkinson. But if I don't, then I'm drafting Andrews no matter what round it is because I want one of those elite tight ends this year. So I'm, I'm after them. And I saw some crazy nerd stat. It was a PFF guy talking about how in obvious passing situations, Pat Mahomes was in a different planet. But then uh, Lamar Jackson was like surprisingly second. So I really expect him to bounce back that passing offense this year. If any of those receivers can stay upright, though, it would help if any of them can be healthy. But yeah, Andrew's quietly, you know, a slight disappointment last year. But man, he's in the right situation to score double-digit touchdowns easily in, in given that setup. Okay, the players you hate, the players you must avoid. Uh, Jerry Donabedian despises this QB. I don't think I've even once for a second consider drafting Matt Ryan in any format across dozens of drafts this summer. I could like get on board with that. And he's not that good. And he doesn't run, but 600 pass attempts and good receivers when like he had Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. And you're like, okay, that's a ridiculous super team. They can maybe carry him to like 4,535. There's some upside, but like you take Julio Jones out. Now Russell Gage is like, your number two receiver and number three pass game option. Like it's just, you still got Pitts and Ridley, but the offense, I'm just not excited about it. Like Ryan isn't adding any rushing stats. I just don't, if I'm going to, I'd rather take Baker Mayfield like a round or two later, there's more upside and he at least give you like, he might give you like 180 yards and two touchdowns, right? Matt Ryan is giving you, you're just hoping for that one QB sneak touchdown all year. And that's like all the rushing stats you're getting. I've been saying the same thing about Mayfield's going to be the same stats as Burrow just a few rounds later because he quietly did run the same. And Burrow, I bet you Mayfield runs for more this year than Burrow returning from three of the surgeries, you know, ACL, meniscus, MCL. Um, And yeah, the second half last year, he got 7.8 YPA and he dealt with like three windy games. I'm with you. Mayfield's just totally overlooked. I like him in Superflex. I'll push back on Matt Ryan for one reason only, Arthur Smith. I think he could just be, and Pitt, well, Pitts too, two reasons, Pitts and Arthur Smith. But I, I have no interest in running in fantasy quarterbacks that don't run either. So yeah, he's, he hasn't been on any of my teams either. So I'd rather gamble on, on Lance or, or Fields, frankly. Okay, who's the running back you, you don't want? Your guy, Damian Harris. So his ADP, <laughs> is, ADP is up to 71. Um, he's like ahead of like guys like Chark, receivers who I like, Tyler Boyd, uh, Cortland Sutton. And then also just like even like Raheem Mostert, he's ahead of him. Like take, I'll, I'll give me Mostert. Like I think they both have kind of the same problem with like limited upside of like they're never going to see 20 carries and they're never going to see more than two or three targets. But I think Mostert is more explosive, more upside for big plays, more injury prone too and smaller. Uh, but yeah, just, I don't know. I can't, I still just, I, with James White there, and I know maybe the rookie QB makes you want to pass more, but I also just think it means there's fewer touchdowns, fewer rushing touchdowns. Stevenson, it's crowded. I appreciate the going heads there. And man, I hope Mostert stays healthy. I hear you about the upside. And ultimately, you probably are right just because the volume just can never be there. But I'd also argue there's upside with just he's the favorite to lead the NFL in yards per carry, too, though, in that system, especially with with Lance takes over. If he were to get even 15 touches a game, he could be like a top 15 back yeah Harris I already told you man I have the bull case for him I like him but uh maybe I'm maybe I'm being too aggressive because yeah the utter lack of receiving really really hurts in PPR there's no denying that um really I like him more for his, his scoring potential uh who's the receiver you don't like uh well this is hard because I don't I feel like the internet will come after me if I say I don't like Jerry Judy plus like Jerry solidarity thing like I shouldn't be 
But um, I mean, he's a great player. Like, but I just his ADP has gotten it's shot up based on like a good preseason in camp, which like I'm fine with acknowledging those things a little bit. But it seems like he's gone up two, maybe not two rounds, but like a round and a half based on that. Um, and keep in mind that like Cortland Sutton didn't even play to the final preseason game. I'm a Cortland Sutton fanboy. Again, it's like the Chark Chanel thing. Like I'm probably lower on Chanel and Judy, not because I don't think they're good, just because I think there's someone else on their team who's going to command more targets than everyone else thinks. So when Judy and Sutton, like Judy is this much more expensive than Sutton, then give me Sutton when they're at the same price. That was when I was like, maybe I'm going to have to go against my guy Sutton this year. Now I'm just like, no, just, yeah, I'll just him and Chark, like in the seventh or eighth round sometimes, like, yeah, I'll just take that all day. When you first started saying the internet's going to get mad at you, I thought you were going to say who I used is my, I was forced to pick a bust per team and I used DJ Moore for Carolina. You know, everyone's favorite receiver, <laughs> DJ Moore, everyone absolutely loves him. But do you know how many catches DJ Moore had in the red zone last year? Guess how many catches he had in the red zone? Three. Two. Two, Two. catches in the red zone. Yeah. DJ like, Moore. So, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I yeah. remember he had a couple of touchdowns where he caught the ball like, and then ran, but he didn't, like, they were like yak, long yak touchdowns. Yeah. Not yeah. like, yeah. Anyway, I'll push back on Judy. I'm the sucker ranking of number 15 on my fantasy wide receiver board. And admittedly, three months ago, I probably had Sutton right there with him, if not ahead. So yes, maybe I'm the guy just buying all these 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 ankle-breaking routes he's running. As you point out, he should look that good in shorts, you know, the way he's built. I don't know, year two breakout Bridgewater just seems kind of perfect for him. Sutton might be a year slow this returning. I don't know. I could I could see. Yeah, no, lift. it's... Yeah, yeah Damian Harris and Judy. I, I, you are going on a limb here, though. I, 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 pre, I appreciate that. So, at tight end, let me guess. You're going to say Kyle Pitts. You're really down on Pitts. You think he's uh, overrated? You're, you're fading Pitts, and we'll move on. No, but okay. I, it is someone else you mentioned, TJ Hawkinson. Oh, um, wow. I, okay. Yeah, well, I, I, there's I probably guys who I'm, like, lower on relative to ADP, but he, he goes in, like, the same range as Andrews. So, I thought, you know, and I always pick Andrews and never Hawkinson. Like, I don't have any Hawkinson this year, and he was, like, one of my most highly drafted last year. I mean, he's a good player, and there's not a ton of options at tight end, and he's going to get targets. I just, I worry, like, he was at, what, seven? He was at, like, around seven yards per target last year with Matthew Stafford in an offense that maybe didn't have good players, but, like, it had Marvin Jones, who's, like, a real wide receiver, and Amendola. This year, it's like, uh, you know, uh, whatever, a quadruple-A team. I worry that he's going to be down at like six yards per target. Like, I don't know that 110 targets will guarantee that he hits ADP. Um, I guess it'll probably, it would probably guarantee that he's not like a bust of a pick, right? But like something like 75, 704 or something is like, that's kind of what I'm seeing for him. Like, I think he's just going to, I think they're going to be like manufacturing all these lousy little short passes because like they don't. Even if he's good, they can't get him open downfield because they have no other receiving threats. They've got golf and QB. I think they're going to end up being like really low quality targets. And he's dealing with an AC sprain right now, but I'm in on him. I think he's going to be a monster in the red zone. He's good. And, he's and, a good and player. Like, like Andrews, I think he's a threat to score double digit touchdowns, but um, maybe he's just another uh, guy dominating in practice and they just get so much attention because there's, it's almost like there's too bad the the the, comp- the, 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 the route tree there. I mean, the, the receivers are just obviously the worst in football. While we're sticking with Detroit, thanks for, for completing that exercise, some good picks. But I want your opinion because I said Trey Lance might be the most polarized or tough guy to rank. Take it back. It might be DeAndre Swift. Where, where do you stand on him? Yeah, he is. Where do I stand on him? I haven't been really drafting him recently. I think I took him in like one best ball the other day because I think he fell to the fifth round. 
so yeah, I mean, I've kind of been on board with him falling like that the, throughout the summer because like the Lions, the, they're, I will say the offensive line is like their one possible strength that looks pretty solid. But like, does that matter if you're coaching your quarterback and your receivers are all like mediocre or worse? Um, we'll see. I mean, um, 10 touchdowns, 13 games as a rookie, 57 targets. I mean, he could just be, and like you said, there's no other options there to get those targets. I mean, he's, you got to project a running back for like 100 targets. But I mean, I mean, the groin injury dates back to college. Uh, the the donkey coaching staff already referred to Jamal Williams as the one A back. So I could see both sides so so clearly there. But I mean, the upside's through the roof. Yeah, no, he does. I mean, I think he's a he looked phenomenal last year. Um, I didn't even like him that much as a prospect. Like I thought he was a little bit of a reach early second round, but I felt like I was wrong by the end of the year. He looked awesome. But yeah, the groin injury, the Jamal Williams signing. The new coaching staff, the Jared Matthew Stafford turning into Jared Goff. I'm just, I just, I see too many things going wrong. Like, in, and you know, in that RB dead zone, like Chris Carson is the guy I'm going for because I'm like, at least I'm confident in what he'll do per game. Like, I don't know if he'll play more than four of them, but I know what he'll do per game, and I know that I can start him when he's on the field. Totally. All right, Jerry. Thanks for. Uh, I mean, w- despite some shaky picks, uh, ni- nice, nicely done. And I also appreciate your cat making multiple appearances uh, on the podcast. Uh, is there anything that uh, that you're working on that you'd like to promote? Um. Yeah, you mentioned at the beginning of the show. Uh, so every Monday during NFL season, I do something called backfield breakdown on Road to Wire. Um, I've done a lot of different articles from Rotowire over the years. I'm not sure this is the most entertaining to read, but I will tell you that out of all like the articles I write, this one helps me with my fantasy teams like miles more than any other. I go through every backfield from every game, look at you know snaps, touches, targets, uh, who's playing on third and long, who's playing two minute drill, who's getting goal line, all that kind of stuff. Like break it down, show like stat charts, and then bullet points for the other stuff. And then I do the same thing for wide receivers and tight ends every Tuesday. Uh, so basically to give you like, for like looking for like waiver pickups, I just find that super helpful. Again, it's, it is a lot of information, but it is like, you know, it might take you 15 minutes to go through something that, you know, takes hours and hours to compile. So I do think if someone's got the time, I know that writing it makes me a better fantasy player. So I would hope that someone reading it would benefit from it too. Totally. I highly recommend it. Um, thanks for jumping on and talking uh, talking football with me, man. Yeah, it was great talking to you, John. Follow Jerry on Twitter at Jerry Donabedian for more. And make sure you're following me at Dalton Del Don and give at Yahoo Fantasy a follow while you're at it. If you missed anything from week zero in college football, make sure to check out the College Football Inquirer podcast with Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, and SI's Pat Forty for a complete breakdown. Liz Loza will be back with a new episode of this podcast tomorrow. Until then, we are out. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.